So I'm not sure if I've ever recorded in this car. Um, so we'll see how much noise we have in the background with it. But so I've made a, a decision after last night's recording in the sake of uh, doing a little bit better each day. And one of those decisions that I've, I've made is that with my original podcast, when I first started The Beast Within You, um, and I was trying to be a mirror to you and show you what was possible, um, I would release four, five, six, seven episodes a day every now and then based on the amount of insights I had, even if it was a quick 45-second, hey, just saw this happen. How do you feel about it? You know, I would I'd play that game. Now that I understand how valuable people's time is and how hard it would be for others, not only to witness and listen, but also for myself to go back and listen to the organization of that, um, I'm gonna try a slightly different approach. And what I plan to do is, and what I'm going to do, is I'm just going to record every moment that I do have one of those insights like I would in the past, except for I will publish them at the end of the night and make it part of my end-of-day routine, where I go back through the current day's audio files and do similar to, you know, what the old school vlogging used to be, but do it audio format without video because like times right now where I'm driving um, I don't have a good dash mount to do a forward-facing cam and I, I really don't want to look at the camera while I'm driving until I maybe get a mount that goes you know in front of the steering wheel or something um, so for now this is going to be the current current way we operate and I hope to capture a lot more this way and not only a lot more, but also the progressions that I go through throughout the day of coming to the realizations, conclusions, and asking the questions that I do of myself. Because what I caught myself doing, you know, not too long ago, on those days where I would not do a podcast at all, um, is I would say, well, it's only 9 a.m. and I have an insight, but maybe I'll have a bigger insight later. Or maybe I should wait till 10 p.m. And then I can share all the insights at once. And either something would happen, fear would set in. Um, and essentially, just want to get done. So in this way, I'm going to give myself permission to record on the spot when something does come to mind of importance to at least myself. And then continue to record throughout the day with doing a one drop of those day's episodes. Um, so I, I hope to find not only comfort in returning to what made me so happy podcasting, but also a more transparent version of myself to myself and to anybody listening. Now, kind of going back to to roots, right? One thing that I've, I use the word fascinating quite, quite often, because um, in sales training, you know, 
the way I was taught is people are weird. You know, prospects, when you're trying to sell them things, lie. Um, they not only lie to you, but they lie to themselves. They tell you you're hyper, you know, they're so interested, they're ready to buy, just want to sign the paper, just need to get off work. And then they become harder to locate than Osama bin Laden. <laughs> it's quite, <laughs> they're just weird, right? Some people freak out for no reason. Some people buy things for no reason. There's so many different iterations of how it works, why it works, and why it doesn't. That's just easier to accept the fact that when something doesn't go according to plan, be joyfully surprised and say, well, people are weird. And that's kind of the approach I've taken when finding things about myself that may not be comfortable or the interaction with myself may not be what I would expect. And I just, you know, I find that very fascinating. And one of those things that I'm I'm discovering and finding interesting is, you know, I've been off for eight days now. Today will be my eighth day since leaving Amazon um, and one of the things that I've always told myself about having a job is that it's so cumbersome because I could really use those eight hours to restructure the day in a way that I wanted and if they'd only let me work get a way that would fit my schedule it would be a much happier experience and I haven't been employed for eight days and it's probably been the least productive eight days of my life, even on vacation, you know, I'm experiencing things that bring me joy and memories, but I haven't even gone for a walk, I haven't read any books, haven't read any blogs, I've listened to two podcast episodes, I believe, maybe three, um, I've applied to four jobs with a resume that looked like it was written in 2002, the formatting was quite sloppy, and it's the one that I used previous, but looking at it now, I know better. I've almost got the new draft completed, but it shouldn't take eight days to rewrite a resume when all the information's already on a previously existing one. It's just converting it to a newer format. Um, I managed to play probably 12 to closer to 18 hours of AOE 2. Um, one of my favorite games. It's deleted off my computer since. I watched a few movies, a couple of um, new ones that I've never seen, primarily documentaries, and then a couple older ones that inspire me to either believe or act in a certain way, and I hope to adopt some of the features that I find beneficial from the main characters. And that's something that I found myself doing quite often, you know, whenever I'm dealing with a struggle of consistency or adopting a mindset. I'll watch a movie that has somebody who exemplifies that mindset and kind of use that as a way to rewire my brain as this is a successful example of what it is I need to do. And it's just, I haven't even worked out, right? And one of the things that I find myself struggling with in a way is this it's only been something recent um, probably since I've been married I know for a fact 
I'm trying to figure out if it was before that as well. But the concept that I want noticeable radical transformation. And I think that's something that we all want. And I felt myself previously exempt to the whole microwave mentality that people talk about with millennials and the age of social media and information advancement where, you know, you can just Google something at the tip of your fingers and have the answer immediately or look up something on Instagram or Facebook. And uh, I thought, I truly thought myself immune to it. I didn't think it was something that I actually had to deal with until today. And I started thinking about, you know, the reason why I haven't worked out is because, or at least the excuse I've given myself is because I can't work out the way that I want to when I have the time. You know, I love being in the gym for three to four hours at a time. It makes me feel so good. Um, it's just, I can lose myself in there. Or, you know, I'm not going to post on social media because I don't have the exact framework and I don't know how I'm going to post, you know, 20 times in a week. And if I don't have the content to post 20 times in a week, then I'm not doing it right, therefore I'm not going to do it. And the reason why this is so interesting to me is because when I was younger, well, my, my early 20s, I used to do, you know, well, even in my teens, you know, before I went to bed, I had a routine. I would do 20 push-ups, 20 curls on each arm, and 50 crunches in the morning to start my day, no matter if I woke up late or early, it was the way I started my day. And then before I went to bed, no matter how tired I was or how sick I was, I would do the same. And uh, I would do that. And I want to think about how much more I wasn't doing or how much more I could do. I, it was just a program of discipline that I created for myself to make sure that I just did a little bit more than everybody else. Because I know most people, you know, would say, oh, I have the flu. So they'd skip their 20 push-ups. Or maybe they didn't even have a routine. And that's that consistency of uncompromising dedication to the activity, I truly believe is what helped me be so competitive in athletic pursuits. Even though I didn't make it on a lot of teams, um, a lot of it doing the politics or my lack of technical skill, I definitely could compensate for it with my athletic ability. And a lot of people that knew me from then, thought I did deserve spots on teams or would have value and could develop the technical skill through practice, the practice at which that I could not acquire because I would never make the teams. Um, That's neither hit or miss. On the playground, we'll say, or in the streets, we'll say, I was a force to be reckoned with at any backyard sport, even the ones that I didn't practice or participate in. Um, but that being said, like I said, I didn't worry about what wasn't being completed. Now I go to the gym for 45 minutes and stress about the other two hours and 15 minutes that I didn't do. When I would find myself getting back in the shape due to a long abstinence or an injury, um, when I was working at L'Oreal, I would do things like every hour on the hour, I would do five push-ups. Because if I was trying to do, you know, 10 to 20, it would exhaust me and then my work performance would decrease. But I'd stop every hour on the hour and do five push-ups for eight to 12 hours, depending on how many hours I worked that day. And then 
after a week or so, I'd increase it to seven, or I'd increase it to 10, and then I'd increase it to 12, and eventually up to 20 push-ups. And I wouldn't exceed 20 because anything over 20 would then take too much away from my job. But I could crank out, you know, 20 push-ups within a minute, minute 30, no problem. And I didn't think about the seven that I wasn't doing when I was only doing five at a time. I would just do the five and knowing that five is the acceptable amount for where I'm at in this current pursuit, in this current journey, and just let it be. There was none of this self-loathing and regret of time not used effectively. Because the whole reason why I had to start at five is because I quit doing it for a year. And I would never let myself go there. And then for some reason, as I got closer and closer to 30, I developed this almost self-hatred where I was so mad at myself and so disappointed in myself for having to start over that I just wouldn't from having to start from square one. And of course, I have my experiences to fall back on. And, you know, that would make me not starting from square one. But as far as current ability, um, it would be like starting from square one. Like right now, you know, I used to run a 515 mile and a 4440, 10500. Now a mile takes me 10 minutes. And the idea of that quite literally makes me hate myself because if I would have stayed on top of it, I would still be running you know, five something miles. And it's not something I intend on doing, but it's eventually where my mind goes. So learning to forgive myself and forget about time lost and only focused on time that I can use more wisely going forward is truly what I need to develop because without that, it's going to be a really long road. But like I said, podcasting in this way, it's going to be part of part of the journey of not only forgiving myself for mistakes made and for momentum diminished and having to start from such a different place but it's I don't even know it's just required but I'm gonna I'm gonna run to the store real quick so that I can get food for dinner and get home cut the grass before before the rain sets in and uh, then I need to start applying for jobs because it's really hard to put food on the table and provide a home for your wife and your pets when you have no money so uh so yeah i'm sure there'll be a couple more recordings before the night is over so i'm uh going for a little walk here you know actually heading up to my buddy's gym that he just opened it is i'm probably just like over a mile from the house Protect the wind from my headphones, so hopefully you guys can hear me a little bit better. But uh, yeah, I, I live in this beautiful city, Kent, Ohio. Um, it was named Tree City because up until not too recently, or up until recently, I'm not too recently, but uh, up until recently, it had the most tree canopy in the country 
We're really famous for having black squirrels. For those of you who've never seen a black squirrel, they're exactly what they look like. Uh, living in Ohio most of my life, especially in this area, I always saw the black squirrels, so I didn't realize they'd think anything when I'd go to D.C. or New York and they didn't have them. But uh, yeah, I live in this beautiful city. They have sidewalks everywhere. I've always driven everywhere, you know? And that's kind of part of what I'm, I'm excited about with losing my job at Amazon. Because there's a lot of great things that happen from that. Like Amazon is a company, don't get me wrong. They are a great company to work for, for certain people. People like me, almost any company is really a hard company for me to work for. Because it's hard for a business, especially a large one, to allow an individual to not only grow quickly, but grow at pieces that are based on the individual. So, you know, they put things in place like you have to be enrolled for six months. Or you have to be with the company for two years or have to have a degree to advance into certain positions. And then they can't just let you evolve your current role. No, because things have to be congruent across the board. And when you're somebody like me, um, I really strive, I really strive to real quickly, especially with my mental models, my ability to ask questions, my, uh, my principles of decision-making, and my scope. So what happens is, intellectually, I grow my position quickly, or I'm able to solve problems quickly because of my varied background. And in doing so, I become bored because now I want to solve key problems or big problems or problems that could have creative solutions. And those may not be the current priority of the business that I'm working for. And this is where it's really important for everybody to listen, even if you're not like me. It is really easy as an employee from your limited view to think the company does not care about you, your job, the customer, what's happening. But what you need to realize is you only have a small view of your world that exists within the business for those eight to 10, maybe 12 hours a day, five days a week. You don't know everything about the future that the company's trying to build. You don't know everything from the past. You don't know everything 
that's going on across all other verticals. You also don't know what happens when you're not there. What's happening in the business? Those nighttime hours that where the business is still operating, but your role doesn't have a priority. And just because they're not focusing on it today doesn't mean they don't know it's important. Or they don't care that it's important. It could simply mean it's just not priority at this moment. Now, whether it should be or not, that's uh, a completely different question. That's normally where I struggle. Because I'm a very confident individual. I vet my own logic against myself, my future selves, my present selves, my past selves. And I really put my ideas through the ringer. Executing out multiple different permutations through my mind. Of how this could look, what could happen, what the different outcomes are. And then choose the right outcome for the right situation. So, I really hold myself to a high standard of being able to decide what the right direction is. And I begin to get frustrated when my title bogs down my credibility or the perception of my ability to solve these problems. But you also have to remember the role that you signed up for. Nobody is employed against their will. If you're working at a job you hate right now, you picked it. Deal with it. Get over it. Right? If you need to make money, figure it out. Don't complain. You can be unsatisfied. But you can't be upset about it. You can be underpaid, but you can't be mad about it. If you think about it, I used about it a lot there. But if you truly think about it, right? It's impossible for an employer to pay you what you're actually worth. Because they need to have a percent margin make because they're not making money then what's the point of being in business they have to charge you just below what you're worth it's the only way but yeah that's my little rant on that um, don't exactly even remember how I got there, but that's a little wet. You can hear the train in the background. We have a lot of trains around here in uh, Northeast Ohio. It was really booming and built, you know, late, or we'll say mid to late 1800s, early to mid 1900s. You know, steel and oil was huge around here. All the car manufacturers in Michigan and Ohio here, 
and uh, everything was built around the railway. Because back then there wasn't, you know, semis to pull loads. So a lot of these towns have been around for, you know, 150, 200 years. They, uh, they were designed and built around where the rail cars would be and the location of the train tracks. It's really cool. There's a lot of warehouses in Northeast Ohio and Columbus that are actually built right on the tracks. Some have um, split off from the main rail line that actually cut through the center of the warehouse for unloading. There's other ones that, uh, you know, instead of a huge yard for trailers for semis, they actually have these huge yards built for the, the trains to pull back there and then unload from, from the train. But, so that, that's one thing, if you're thinking about freeways, right? And you're thinking, well, why the hell is this freeway so screwed up? Why are these roads so screwed up? Like in Ohio, a lot of times you want to go north. You gotta go 20 minutes east and then go four miles south and then go a little bit west to get to the freeway that's actually going to take you north because everything was designed as an afterthought you know we were a steel fabrication state centered around our ports because you know things are coming from other countries they've come down the great lakes end up in Cleveland, Ohio port and then put on train tracks and shipped all over the country. So the roads and the cities were an afterthought. Everything was designed to be most efficient for for the rails. Wait, wait. And rightfully so. Because that's what stabilized the state in the state. Made it be one of the top five in the population. Have all these huge universities and all this other craziness that exists here in Ohio. But uh, going back to, I think what my original point was, was being let go. Uh, Amazon made me very lazy because life was very easy. They made enough for me to pay my bills outright without having to take any money from my wife so for her to pay for her own you know gas and for her to pay so i'd pay all the bills she would pay food gas for the car and uh her own student loans and i'd pay you know the rent car payments and all that stuff and when you have a singular income stream that is fairly low stress and extremely low labor. When you're used to a world of laboring, you know, I'm used to being a warehouse worker, a factory worker, somebody who moves things with their physical force for a living. It's really easy to get lax and comfortable and forget where you came from. What's important to you? And uh, I think the purpose 
of Amazon as it relates to my current situation, right? Because if I would have made different decisions, then Amazon would have had a different role. But the current approach I'm taking is that Amazon gave me a taste of what life should have been like. Not being, not worrying about how am I going to pay my bills, not worrying about when I take a vacation, not worrying about am I going to be home on the weekends. Gave me the ability to really enjoy a home life. But then the other thing I did too is it showed me what happens at scale to a business. How scaling a company can affect people. Because I was so comfortable, I didn't take walks in the beautiful city. I got fat and lazy. <laughs> and I heard a lot of negative things that I did to myself. But I did to myself because of the life that Amazon was able to provide for me. So I use it as a looking glass and as a benchmark. I mean, a couple other things too. But I'm going to approach a super busy intersection so you're not going to be able to hear me record anymore. But uh, we'll go ahead and turn this off for the moment. I'll be back with y'all soon.